0: I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody out there who would say, yeah, I want all my food to come from other parts of the world. I want my produce shipped in from China. No, you aren't going to find anybody who says that anybody who eats food anyway. Intent. This is about all of us, our food, and where it comes from, a lot, you know, everyone can agree this whole eat local thing is not such a bad idea. Sounds simple, right? Well, just, you know, get food that that's grown here in America or here in Washington or, you know, I'm here in Whatcom County or Skagit County or Grant County, wherever you are in Washington state. I'm a piece of cake, right? Well, it's not always... That easy. We talk a lot about that here on this program. The different issues facing farming, even just updates on the challenges in the field, and dealing with bad weather during harvest time, or you know, uh, winter damage. I mean, that's more this time of year. Are we going to have winter damage here from from cold weather? Things like that. Uh, So many challenges. But one of the challenges is just keeping farms operating and alive and functioning and keeping the land available for them to continue doing that here, you know, particularly here, here in Western Washington, where I'm based and and welcome back to the farming show, by the way, Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI News Talk 790 here in Western Washington. We know growth is happening like crazy. People are moving here from all over the place. Well, where are they going to go? Houses are going up. Strip malls are going up. Streets are going in. Pavement is forever. And while you know, I, am okay with that happening in the right place. I'm certainly not okay with that happening on top of good farmland. How do we protect that? How do we keep this farming economy and farming community that we have here into the future? Joining me right now with the Washington Farmland Trust, their executive director Melissa Campbell. Welcome to the program this morning. And this is this is what you guys do, right? You protect land to be able to continue of uh, uh, culture, a uh, community, and economy of, of farming here in Washington State, correct?
1: That's right. Thanks for having me uh, this morning. Yes, that's exactly what we do. We protect farmland permanently, so it stays farmland forever. And uh, as a companion to that, we also help people who are looking for land find land and kind of walk them through the process of how you evaluate land. This is especially important for new new and beginning farmers who may not have inherited land and who are uh, striking out on their own farm business for the first time. We're kind of there to help, uh, help them find land. And then once they find land, um, we would like to make sure it's farmland forever.
0: That is a big issue right now. I mean, we can talk more about the land part of it because that's a big deal. But mm-hmm. having people who are able to farm, people who financially can get into it, because the truth is, Farmers, many farmers who are farming right now are aging out of the business and many of their families are not continuing in in some cases, in many cases, multi-generational family farms. It's a crisis moment for our society, really, as more and more people get out of farming. Well, we need new people to replace them, but it's really Mm -hmm. tough for them to get in. We, We hear that a lot, too, just how hard it is financially, et cetera, to get into farming. So that makes sense. From, from my perspective, to protect farmland and farming, you have to protect the farmers and make it possible for them to do what they do.
1: That's right. Yeah. We know that 70% of our farmers across the nation and here in Washington are ready to retire or of retirement age. And we know the vast majority of them do not know who's going to take over their farm business. At the same time, we have the next generation of farmers, people who are interested in farming, coming out of great programs like at WSU. And, you know, land prices, particularly here in western Washington, but all over really, are include, are increasing. Uh, we have land prices in central Puget Sound and beyond that are about $15,000 an acre. So when you think about paying that just to just to get on the land... Um, and then all the startup costs that are required, the investments in infrastructure and machinery and labor and all of that, you know, it's land is uh, what we've heard um, from young and beginning farmers and, uh, you know, all farmers is that land is the biggest barrier to success and to viability, whether you're growing or whether you're new. And so we have a real issue to reckon with around land prices and this intergenerational transfer of land and how we make that successful and how we kind of create pathways for farmers to be able to retire, have a retirement, and to be able to pass their land on to the next generation.
0: It's interesting. the The exact thing that's threatening to take that farmland away is also, in a different way, making it harder to keep that land in farming Mm -hmm. because it's it's that growth in uh, urban development that, in many cases, you know, there are a a variety of factors, but in many cases, that's what's driving land prices higher and higher. Uh, So there, that development sits waiting to snatch up more land. And again, we know pavement is forever, so we want to keep it in farming but then because it's driving prices higher and higher it makes it that much harder for new people that we need to continue this this uh, world this community of farming uh, making it next to impossible for them to get in what can you guys actually do to to change that equation
1: yeah so you know for us at the farmland trust we're really clear that we protect the most the land that's most viable for agriculture and when we think about viability we think about Water. We think about prime soils. We think about proximity to other farms. We think about size and um, and the supporting infrastructure in those communities and local support for agriculture. And so all of those factors, we think, contribute to farmland viability and success. And so when we are looking to protect land, we're looking for the best quality land. So we're not conserving land inside urban growth boundaries where we want to see you know, density and urban development to meet those housing needs, we're protecting land outside of urban growth boundaries that are in, that are in historic ag communities that have all of those viability qualities that I just mentioned. And so, in the way we conserve land is we have a set of criteria and um, our, our work is really relationship based. We use public funding, whether it's from the County, the state has a great program um, at the Recreation and Conservation Office, and then there's a federal program through the NRCS. And so we bring two sources of public funding together to buy the development rights off of the land and extinguish them. So that means that right that um, exists on any piece of property, the right to develop, we pay the fair market value to the farmer for that right. A conservation easement is placed on the property that runs with the land. It can, the land can be bought and sold and the, t- the easement runs with the land and that ensures that land is going to be farmland forever and that's how we do that and we are we're an organization that works across the state we have staff who specialize in specific geographies in the north sound and the south sound and right now we're really building our strategies to be able to meet the need across the state we are the only land conservation organization exclusively dedicated to farmland that works across the state we are incorporated as a statewide organization. We've taken a deep dive over the past few years and really trying to get ahead of the curve on farmland protection here in Puget Sound. And we just launched a new strategic plan which calls for the expansion of our work and deeper commitments across the state. So that's where we're working now is to understand characteristics um, along the I-5 corridor where the most threat is and where we can be of greatest help in sort of stemming the tide of loss of farmland.
0: Melissa Campbell is with us this morning. She's the executive director of the Washington Farmland Trust. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show on KGMI. And, uh, you know, Farmland Trust, we're talking about protecting farmland. What you're just getting into there, the, the basics of the process to purchase development rights to protect land and keep it in farming That gets into some things that aren't necessarily apparent if if you haven't been in that situation. The, The folks in the public, people who haven't been around farming, farmland, even some people who have and haven't thought through some of these things may wonder, well... Why do you need to do all of that? You know, I, I mm-hmm. you know, with farms under pressure, like we were talking about, all these different pressures. You listed several different things that people don't think of: you know, water, um, proximity to other farms, pr- proximity to infrastructure and services. Like you can't mm-hmm. just pick a piece of ground anywhere and make farming work there. It needs those things to be successful. But if we have farms that exist and they're facing pressure and they're not sure if they can survive... You know, we've heard comments from people saying, well, why don't they just, you know, keep that land in farming or, you know, just leave it the way it is. We, we've been sounding the alarm here locally on on an issue about water and, and warning that if some of these things go forward, we will lose farmland to urban development. And unfortunately, I think some people think, well, why would those terrible farmers then, you know, sell their land to development? Why, why, why don't they just keep it in farming? It should be on them to do that. It's not that simple as you're explaining. They explain what the need is for actually purchasing these development rights. What's the economic pressure that requires a process like this? Rather than just saying, well, we're just going to leave that piece of property in farmland. Or if it's not farmed, it's just going to sit there. That doesn't work.
1: Right. Well, one of the things that we've learned, and many of the people who farm and who are listening would know this already, but, you know, Typically, uh, farmers are land rich, and that's where most of their asset it resides, is in the land. And farmers need a retirement, like all of us. Farmers need a 401k. Um, in the nonprofit sector, we have a 403b. The land t- historically has served as that retirement plan for many farmers, and rightfully so. Land prices continue to go up. It's a very solid investment. And yet, to activate on that retirement plan, that requires finding the highest bidder, and often the highest bidder is a non-farmer, and so we have this really difficult point where farmers need to retire and they need to be able to cashed out, be able to be cashed out, and yet we don't have people coming forward who are able to make that um, that sale happen, particularly when it comes to land. And so, what our organization has found is not only do we need to be Uh, prepared and to come to the table with conservation easement dollars which help in many cases with many producers that we've worked with help build that retirement fund it also you know it's a cash payment it helps farmers make investments in infrastructure maybe take a vacation if they want to they get that cash payment for their conservation easement and they can do what they will with it many people use that to fund their retirement.
0: Vacation, what do you, (laughs) farmers don't know what vacations are. I know a lot of farmers, they finally get, and some farmers never retire. They really just can't get away from it. But ones that do, sometimes they find themselves in retirement and they're like, what do we do? Like, how how do you do this whole vacation thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Sorry sorry to cut
0: you off there, but. No,
1: no, the point being, you know, it's a cash payment that, it, that goes to the farmer. And, um, and certain times when we have a farmer and this is in part while we just, we just completed a five-year campaign to accelerate the pace and the capacity at which we do our work, because we're finding that given the age of the, some of the farmers we're working with, they have a conservation value. They want to see that land protected forever and they need an exit. They don't just need a conservation payment. They need to sell outright. They need to sell their land. And so, That's where the trust has stepped in on really key priority conservation projects to buy the land outright from the farmer, fully cash them out. And so we're able, we may not be able to compete with the timeline of a developer, but we can offer a cash out of the full property at appraised value. You know, It may take several years while we fundraise and raise public dollars, but in that way, when we can do the full cash out, that farmer is getting their land protected, they're working with a nonprofit who has the public, you know, mission and mandate in mind when it comes to public benefit. And we're also paying them um, fair market value for that property. When it when it comes to an easement, we peel off the development rights and pay fair market value for that. So that's not as big of a payment as an easement might right. be or as a full sale might be, but it does give them some cash out of that asset that they've been building over the years to help fund whatever the next thing or the thing it is that they have in mind or, you know, retirement or savings or what have you. Um and so, you know, it's using conservation tool conservation tools and mechanisms to really support this sort of transition, if that's where people want to go. And as you said, they often don't, but is to help sort of pave the road toward that exit strategy for farmers out of farming or investment back into the business.
0: KGMI News Talk 790. This is The Farming Show on your Saturday morning. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming. And we are talking right now with the executive director of the Washington Farmland Trust, Melissa Campbell. Uh, I think this expectation that some people have as well—you just, you know, keep the land in farming, don't sell it for development—that you know, you're just feeding the beast. Then they uh, you're kind of frowning upon people who would do that it, it, without another option, without the the things that you folks do or others in this realm. <sighs> I guess what would the expectation then be sorry farmer you've you know worked to provide food for our community and far beyond for many years and and stewarded your land and provided buffers and all these things and thank you for all of that Uh, now you're doomed to never be able to retire and a life of poverty and uh, the inability for um, maybe because of you know debt pressures or different things uh, the inability of your family to continue on the farm, that, that's not something that we should be wishing on people. It's, but it seems in, in you know, food has become such an issue, right? Uh, whether it's local food or anything, the politics of food, and is it being produced ethically and all of these things. Um, there seems to be this tendency for people to bristle at the idea of a farmer making a profit. But that's basically what we're saying, whether it's, for, you know, from their land or from the things that they, the actual farming operation needs to be able to make money to make the land worth that much to keep an operation going and keep, uh, you know, competing against these external pressures. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I think to your point earlier around um, You know, there are organizations who do farmland conservation work. There is funding to do this work. We just need more people doing it, and we need more funding to do that. You know, the Farmland Trust is not a lone actor in this. There are many great conservation organizations across the state who do farmland conservation as part of their portfolio. We just need more people protecting land um, so that it is viable into the future and so that there is... Uh, there are more options for farmers who are looking at some of the scenarios that you just painted, Um, which, you know, we all know margins in the food industry are so narrow, particularly, you know, at the farm. Um, And there isn't a lot of room for, um, and and they absorb a lot of risk. There's not a lot of of room um, when it comes to the margins of operating that business. And so, You know, we're really committed to leveraging conservation tools to help make farming more viable into the future.
0: And that's what we want to see here at Save Family Farming as well. Um, We want farmers to be able to make some money. Uh, That's okay with us, you know, but as soon as, you know, sometimes it feels like as soon as a farmer does okay and it's, Hey, great. They're producing food and they're keeping this going and wow, they had enough to buy a new pickup or something, (laughs) you know, (laughs) then, well, it's a rich farmer and uh, you're just getting rich off the land. Wait a second. We, that's what we need. We need not, rich farmers but we need farmers to at least be solvent and be able to continue just a minute left with melissa campbell here with the washington farmland trust here on the farming show uh, just a real quick detailed question actually to wrap up kind of an awkward spot to end but what happens to that land you buy the the development rights mm-hmm. then who owns it And how does that person sell it and they can only sell it for farming or how does that work?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. So once the easement is in place, the the owner who sold the easement or the development rights continues to own that property as long as they wish. They can sell it. The easement would stay with the property. So the new owner of the property would inherit that conservation easement. And it does have requirements for, you know, where you can, Um, build farming infrastructure that's kind of up out of the farming area. Um, and so the, the new owner would inherit those restrictions and would work with the, the land trust, which is, you know, again, why relationships matter. We would Mm -hmm. work with the new owner to steward that easement and subsequent buyers. Um, and so farmers would continue to own the property. We prefer that that be the case and we just hold the easement and we meet annually with all of the owners of the property that we've conserved to align our stewardship practices in the terms of the easement
0: the website is wa Trust.org. you know Wa. we live in washington so w a all one word w a executive director melissa campbell chatting with us here on the farming show this morning i'm dylan honkoop on on kgmi melissa thank you for your time and and thank you for the good work you folks are doing out there
1: Thanks. It was great to talk to you, and I really appreciate the opportunity.